0: Hello and welcome. I'm Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening in. On Earth Day today, we are continuing to talk with leaders in our community, and as it is Earth Day, we're going to talk about improving the way we live and the homes we live in. I'm talking about Building Green today. With us is Leah Missick. She is the program manager with Built Green, a program of the Master Builders Association, and Anthony Mashmitt. He is the principal and owner of Dwell Development, a Seattle home developer and builder. Leah and Anthony, welcome. Thanks for coming.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Great to see
2: you.
0: I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here on Earth Day. We didn't really plan it that way, but this is a cool uh, uh, serendipity, I guess you might say, that we're going to talk about, you know, helping the planet. But it's not just that we're sacrificing to help the planet. There's a lot of great things going on and new ways we can do things that... Improve our lives and improve the planet we're living on, or at least slow down the way we're degrading it. Maybe it depends on how you look at it. But uh, I just got all sorts of questions. But we're really going to talk about building homes, right? We all sure. want to live in a home and and have a nice home and. And do it the best we can. And there's codes, you know, for for how you build a home. And I'll just start off with a real basic question. Uh, the Master Builders of Association—they they're a group of guys that build homes or have parts of it. Can you give us mm-hmm. the once-over, Leah, on what Master Builders is? Sure. And then we'll get into the built green part of yes. that.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Master Builders Association is basically a trade association for any person or company that touches building in some way, shape, or form. So of course, our core members are builders, but we also have real estate agents, um, financers, lenders, anybody who really um, has some role to play in building in this region can join the association. And there are all sorts of member benefits, um, the MBA does advocacy work, and then of course there's also Built Green, which is my role at the MBA, and we certify green homes.
0: Certify, uh, meaning there's different ways you can build on those codes, right? That I uh, that I mentioned, uh,
1: mm-hmm. and or above the, those codes. i Above
0: them, a code. <laughs> so to build the code, that's like the bare minimum you have to do, right? To to uh, satisfy us yes. as a society, we've sort of put on, hey, uh, this county and then state, and then I suppose there's all sorts of municipal ones too, right? You got to do at least this. And so if somebody builds to code. They're barely building, right? Anthony, is that right? Yeah,
1: it's like getting a D minus. Like, <laughs> it's like the bare minimum allowed by law for someone to build a, a home in a particular jurisdiction. Excuse me. So, you know, we look at that as not something to strive for. We look at something that, that is something that we want to avoid. and We want to exceed that to the best level as we can. And but, that's usually, usually 50 to 100% above that energy code is what we, we strive for at Dwell Development.
0: Energy code, so mm-hmm. meaning uh, when people talk about i don't know the the least of us know I'll start there like the r value in the insulation in the, on our walls and our ceiling right uh in in our attic this uh minimum you have to kind of have, right?
1: Sure, exactly. Yeah. And then that code changes and it gets upgraded every few years. And we live in a very progressive uh, part of the country. And so we are pretty aggressive in our code already, which is great compared to a lot of jurisdictions around the country. But, you know, that always get always changes all the time. And, and we, we look at staying way out in front of that as much as we can. Well,
0: you know, um, I, let me just start this topic off with, with Something like, a like you said, we are kind of a progressive area Mm -hmm. and a lot of other parts of the country and certainly a part of this community, you know, lament about uh, whether there is or isn't climate change and water pollution and air pollution, you know. So, but people here, like you said, are relatively active and look forward thinking about how she would change that. So, how to, you know, have a better community and that includes building and the way we live. And so... These these stars, uh, I'll, I'll get to it. Right, these codes, the stars, and mm-hmm. ways you certify things are are a way to measure that or incentivize mm-hmm. the the more, give us the the once over on. Uh, I don't know. It's not just a an eco friendly term. These stars and ratings mean things, right? Yes, Leah?
2: yes, exactly. And this is all information that you can find on our website, which is builtgreen.net but we have different levels of certification, so we're essentially judging a home by how green it is. Um, all of our certifications are above code, um, but we do have different levels, and one thing that we work on is working with local governments to incentivize green building, so green building is actually easier or more um, financially palatable for builders to do, because we want green building to be the norm rather than the exception. And It's really important not just for the environment, but for our own human health as well. There's numerous benefits to building green, which include you have lower utility bills, your indoor air quality is healthier, so you have less risk of different respiratory illnesses. And we strongly believe that this is what should be the norm, and that's what we're working
0: for. Wow, that's cool. So then, the three-star, right, four-star, five-emerald star, five, mm-hmm. emerald star yes. is like the the, the top, the top, okay. And, and Anthony, your company, Dwell Development, so has has got you know a few buildings like this, right? And, and Leah, you were here once a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I think, and you said, gee, this uh, a home has been built that is going to be net zero. It's not going to use any. <laughs> um, power or something, I can't remember exactly the phrase, that, mm-hmm. you know, you guys are the expert, but <laughs> uh, whatever that phrase is that Emerald Star mm-hmm. gets, right? And this was like, in theory. Well, now it's been a several years, this house or two or three, I guess, have been built, and it's working, right? Anthony, well, give us the once over on the results of, of what's going on here.
1: Well, we built the, the first certified Emerald House in the city of Seattle, so I was a part I'm part of the Bill Green executive committee. I work alongside Leah and we were involved with creating this new checklist for Emerald Star, which is above the five star level, which well, development builds exclusively at it's the highest level of, of Bill green certification it was and w- so we created this Emerald Star checklist and nobody stepped up to do it after about a year and a half of having this checklist out there and so I'm saying well I, I, I guess I'm going to step up and go for it and we because <laughs> if it, it, uh, my hope was that people would follow and it was really really hard I didn't realize how hard <laughs> we made it made it be to, to get a house certified Emerald Star but it was a wonderful challenge for us and we're so glad we did it and the, the home Owners that live in the home now uh, are thrilled to have a home that is that is producing more energy than it actually uses. It's okay. It, the,
0: say that again. I'm sorry to interrupt, it, but say it, that phrase again.
1: The home actually creates more energy on site than it uses, than it needs to use on a daily, annual basis.
0: Wow. So, wow. Okay. That's a explodes the head if people stop and think about it. Wow, I don't have a utility bill. I mean, it probably goes up and down, but you're, you mean they sell back sometimes a year and use some sometimes a year, mm-hmm. but in the net, <laughs> they're not using any off the power grid. Yep. That, that is so cool to hear about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of questions people will have about that, and like you said, the online is this great paper written and mm-hmm. a few examples and some videos and discussions we won't be able to get into here, but uh, my, my first question is, it's not just the power used in that makes a uh, home built green right there's the uh, oh, no. the materials mm-hmm. used in building it there's the air circulation there's the the efficiency of how uh, of the well, we are talking about the how warm and cold it can get inside and mm-hmm. etc um, and the water usage and stuff can, can we go through all these or is that <laughs> uh, I'm a I mean these fascinate me because I, I was thinking just this morning of this interview and as a I was taking a shower and the water was rinsing off me going down the drain. A lot of hot water was just going nowhere after I'd used it but it's still hot water and there was a lot of energy used to heat that water. What can a built green uh, building do with something like that or am I way off topic right away? It
2: can do, yeah, no, you can do a lot. So um, the Emerald Star checklist, as you already said, it requires net zero energy. So a home has to produce as much renewable energy, clean energy on site as it uses over the course of a year. But also, um, we have really stringent requirements for water consumption. So the Emerald Star checklist requires a 70% reduction in water compared to sort of the average home in the area. So that basically means that a builder is going to have to capture rainwater and use it inside the house, for example, for flushing toilets to meet that reduction in water consumption, as well as using pretty much the highest rated fixtures that you can use that are very water efficient. And then on top of that, all of the materials you use in the home have to be low or no toxic, and you need to use a high number of environmentally um, certified or reclaimed materials for the home. So basically for every environmental category, we have really strict requirements that need to be met to achieve this elite level of certification.
0: So materials, reclaimed materials, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I'm, that means Okay, a building was knocked down once upon a time, and the bricks, I guess, were left in a yard somewhere. And some, you pick we them up and use in, them, right?
1: Yeah, we specialize in finding needle materials. Uh, the whole exterior of the building was from a uh, barn that was taken down in the Willamette Valley. So a lot of these old farms out uh, have to be brought up to code, and these farmers are either going to burn them down or let them fall down because they don't want to, you know, retrofit them. And so people go around, and we've connected with some really interesting characters out there that grab this wood and they and provide it's for our siding, it's for our interior finishes, it's for flooring, uh, brick from one site we bring over and make a pathway. So we we try to use uh, we we call our design motif kind of like a reclaimed modern look, and and we really try to do that in all our homes incorporate as much reclaim material in our modern aesthetic that we do because it's a real interesting dialogue there. Well how
0: the, the homeowner then must say well this is old <laughs> wood how, how well is this gonna stand up old wood old steel old bricks uh, is it gonna last as long and is that really better why is it better?
1: Well it, it, I think it's substantially better because otherwise this material would be ended up in a, in a landfill somewhere.
0: and then uh, we would then otherwise it, cut down another tree mm-hmm. to replace to use that wood.
1: Yeah, but we put it on as a rain screen. So the house is airtight and waterproof behind the siding material. So this is really like a or a cladding that is designed to have water and wind get in behind and then drain out and flush flush through. So is it's a beautiful like shell over the over this this airtight house behind it. So it's a cladding that is you can never you cannot repeat the look of a hundred year old you know patinaed out fur off of a barn that's mm. you know that's been around for a long time that's windblown and silvered out and it's just it's 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 timeless.
0: And you also boy I got a million questions today. So you used a phrase in there airtight. So mm-hmm. when <clears throat> this got loud. we're talking about Earth Day. What was it 1972 or something? Um, People started over-insulating, at least if they were enthusiastic and passionate about it. But mm-hmm. there's a point where if you put all the weather stripping and all the, you know, mm-hmm. seals, your house is actually too airtight and you it gets stale and maybe the microbes build up. Or I mean, do you have that problem? How, how do you battle that. I mean, don't...
1: build it tight, you must ventilate it right. Oh, what's that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's the key. Uh, You know, the Passive House model started in in the U.S. back in the 70s, and they built these super airtight homes, but they didn't ventilate them. Right. And these homes, you know, they failed within a few years. And so, of course, the Passive House, uh, Germany took over the, you know, the process of making sure homes that are built super tight were built the right way with ventilation, and they perfected the Passive House model, which we use as our basis for all our homes, is build a super super airtight house, and you've got to ventilate it with a heat recovery ventilation system that captures all that air that you have in that inside that house and exports it like you need to get it out. But there's a heat exchanging process that happens, and so all that cold air that comes in gets preheated. So all that fresh air coming into your house now is preheated up uh, substantially more than the, the, the fresh air coming in a typical house, and so therefore you're you're furnace doesn't kick on or your, your heating system doesn't fire up and your energy bills stay low, but you constantly have fresh air moving throughout the house all the time. And I think that's
2: a great point of why it's really important to look at green building from an overall holistic perspective, yeah. because if you only concentrate on energy and you decide, I'm going to build the most tight envelope that I can. Okay. Then you're going to have ventilation problems, which is bad for indoor air quality. Mm-hmm. And so Actually, we require an HRV, which is that um, system that Anthony just explained. That's part of the Emerald Star checklist, because we're looking at the home as a whole for health and environmental factors.
0: Fascinating. Uh, The technologies have come along with this, right? I mean, one is spurring the other along, I'm thinking, that people say, "Ah, I want to build, like you said, I've got to build, over-insulate. But then they find a new problem, so they figure out a new way to solve that problem and, and move us along to a more efficient lifestyle and greener eventually, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And even since we built the Emerald Star, there's been um, air tightness and insulation techniques that are just coming on the mark right now. They're going to revolutionize how homes are being built and, and get to airtight, levels without all the headache and stress and worry that we've had to deal with in the past to try to get an airtight home. I mean, we have to, we have to, but by code, we're required to build a house that has a minimum of five air exchanges when you pressurize a house at 50 Pascal, meaning that shows you how much air is actually leaking out of your house on a regular basis. And our typical dwell homes are in that kind of one to two range on a typical house. But now Emerald Star, we got that one down. That was down in the in below one. And now we're getting down to 0.2224 five on homes now with some new techniques and new materials and new technologies that aren't gonna cost us a lot more money, but like you said, things evolve in building and construction and new tools and resources are coming available to us. that are just absolute game changers. Absolute, aero barrier is, is the next new exciting one that we're all kind of excited about.
0: Fascinating stuff. We are talking this morning with Leah Misick and Anthony Mashmet about building green, and a lot of the stuff, folks, uh, there's some good stuff online that we won't get to here. Builtgreen.net is uh, the branch of the Master Builders Association of King and Snohomish County, right, Leah? Yep. Um, It's got some good stuff on there. Is uh, some of the video and a paper about this house uh, that Dwell Development uh, built. DwellDevelopment.com has some great pictures and examples of what we're talking about this morning as well. You guys do a number of things. Is this uh transferable to commercial sized buildings, not just a residential home. I, I mean, what's the future say about building green like this?
1: Well, we're building our first, uh, one of the first five star built green certified apartment buildings in the city south right now in the Columbia City neighborhood near our offices. and uh, we're we're hopeful that it it can eventually be the norm for all apartment buildings that are going to be going i mean energy efficient apartment buildings are the future as well. So I would say yes.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. We would, of course, like to see more. But um, as we've been talking about, technology evolves, and we're able to push the barrier more and more and more. And so we have started to see more of a transition toward net zero energy homes in the residential market. It is possible in the commercial market, but it's a little bit trickier, but it's still possible. You just need to have those leaders out in the forefront doing it. Um, As we mentioned earlier as well, um, it was a couple years before we had an Emerald Star project built up in Seattle, but now Anthony has done it in Dwell Development. We actually just certified another one this autumn by a different builder, TC Legend Homes. And so that also goes to show once something is shown to be possible, more and more people are going to start to follow and it'll be like a cascade is my hope.
0: Well, this is what uh, I'm wondering that the listeners are saying. Oh, yeah, it's a great idea, but this is going to be cost prohibitive. Um, Only rich people are going to be able to afford this. Uh, Until the market asks for it, it's not going to happen. And is the market, sounds like you're saying it's asking for it, and is it cost prohibitive? I mean, let's talk about the dollars and cents. I mean, not using any energy (laughs) over the course of a year sounds like a good idea, but what else? I mean, can we the two-year study let's say mm-hmm. in the building of it compared to a, a typical i don't know if that's a word anymore typical mm-hmm. home in the same neighborhood well, what are we talking for folks that don't maybe are skeptical about this
1: well i think the market's asking for it, it's it been asking for it for quite some time I and mean, my business model was based off of a sustainable high performance home that can get to net zero energy by adding solar panels to it. So I'd started my company right prior to the downturn and my company grew by 300% during that downturn because the homes I continued to build during that downturn outperformed the competition. They gave, some, they gave those buyers something else. And I'm a spec builder. So I have to, I buy the land, I design it, I plan it, I permit it, I develop it, and I sell it. And I am a for-profit business. My goal is to make money. So um, if these things were not uh, cost-efficient to build, I wouldn't be in business very long. So we've had to figure out where to make those points in building and where to spend the money. And it has to be designed right and has to look good, but it has to, we got to back it up. And so during that downturn, we decided to get way out in front of everybody with how efficient we can build our homes to get better at it, become more efficient at it, and find out the secret sauce of the best wall system, the best insulation process to do, the best HRV systems, the best water fi- saving fixtures. And you know, Bill Green partnered with us and always has, and and it's been a it's been a great journey, but we are still at the point right now where it's 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 about ready to take off, I think. I think we're just really at the beginning of of it becoming the norm as opposed of this little, you know, hippy-dippy group over here building green homes.
0: Um, gosh, a couple other things in there it make me want to go in a new direction. Um, you, you mentioned <laughs> insulating. Is, is the pink insulation, the fiberglass, still the most efficient way to <laughs> okay. to put things in our attic or in our walls? I mean, there's got to be, an, we're talking about technology and advances. Is there new materials and new ways to insulate that people don't know of?
1: Well, I, I, yeah, the answer is yes. I mean, we 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 use a, a blown-in cellulose insulation in our homes. It's that's, that's net filled and packed into the wall cavities. Our, our cellulose walls are...
0: being a natural paper product, Is that right? Uh, yeah, th- I mean,
1: product? yeah, it's it's very efficient compared to your your fiberglass. Mm-hmm. It's it's way healthy for the environment. There's not as many issues involved with breathing it, and you know the way it's processed and the way it's manufactured. I mean, it's it's, a, it's, a it's got a greener
0: footprint from start to finish, big time. And it's as efficient in. Uh, insulation.
1: Absolutely. Ah,
0: Okay. And then you said solar. So solar people, this is Seattle, this is the Northwest. It rains (laughs) 364 days of the year here. Come on. It's not solar uh, energy country, is it? Yes. I mean, what's the <laughs> how efficient is solar energy getting? Is that changing over the years, or is it just catching on, or is that getting more efficient itself?
2: Yeah, so panels themselves have been getting more efficient over time, in addition to dropping down in price, but um, I've studied a number of homes, including the one um, Anthony's talking about that he just built, that have solar panels on them, and we are seeing them perform at their capacity just fine. Mm-hmm. A lot of people um, you know, have the image of Seattle, super cloudy all the time. And yes, during the winter, the solar panels are not gonna be producing as much during the summer, but over the span of a year, it's more than possible to put enough solar panels on a roof of a single home. You don't need a huge roof to do this um, to power your home for The entire year. And um, speaking of the numbers, I I do want to emphasize that um, in this particular home that Anthony built in Seattle, the homeowners have actually netted a couple thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. They don't pay anything for their electricity. Sometimes they'll have a small bill here or there, but they have credit banked. So they're not actually paying out. And then there's a renewable energy credit in the state. So they actually got funding for that as well. And, I mean, imagine, you don't have to pay your bills. You get some money from the utility.
0: Well, this is what uh, <laughs> this is what people who get, have electric cars tell me, too, is that I, I just drive right by the gas station. I never buy mm-hmm. gas. <laughs> Do you get that? I never buy gas. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's great. Um, and so the, you mentioned something there. There's credit. So mm-hmm. the state, we can... I don't know, I guess Master Builders Association probably does advocate for changes in laws to say, let's incentivize this kind of building and living. Is that right? Is that's, that part yeah, of the Master Builders Yeah, that's does? my job.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, as, as um, the manager of Built Green, I spend a lot of time working with um, utility and local government partners, and I have a lot of really good relationships in this region because, you know, for example, a city wants to reduce their carbon footprint. They've made promises to their electorate that they're going to do so. But how do you do that? And so we come in and we say, in the built environment, here is a method to reduce your carbon footprint. And so as a result, um, we have some really cool incentives in place in the city of Seattle. As a builder, you can get your permit faster if you're building your home to built green standards. You can also get a density bonus. Um, You can get some utility rebates. So there's all sorts of, depending on the jurisdiction, different things that we've worked with them to make it a win-win situation for builders and for local government officials and for the environment.
1: Yeah. And I think I, th- to jump on that, I think really the buyers are looking for it and want it now. So every home we built is net zero ready, meaning that it's designed to house and take a designed solar panel array on the roof when and, when and if a, a buyer ever wants to. It, it, part of our transaction, or maybe a year or two later, and we're finding a lot of our buyers that have bought our homes two or three, four years ago, have now installed the solar panels, and they have their car chargers going in their garage. And it's a net meter, meaning that all that all that solar power that's being generated on site gets used in the house, and what's left over goes out to the grid through a net metering system. And so with, what they don't use, they get a premium for from the utility. It pays them a premium for that same electricity that the sun gave them for free. It's almost four times the amount of what they pay incoming electricity. So so there, it, it, it's something that when, when these smart people who live in Seattle do their homework, and we get a lot, of, a, a lot of smart buyers who drill down on things like this now, they run the numbers, it makes complete sense them to add solar panels to their home it pays itself off we ran numbers within four or five years sometimes it completely pays for the the whole solar array on the roof so
0: now that's interesting because i, I was going to ask that i mean yes it sounds like in the long run it pays off but you're talking about just a few years i mean some people Absolutely. want to buy a house and they realize, well, as an investment, it's equity. I'll have enough in it within seven years, I think, is like the average to, to say, oh, I've made money on this house. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that solar panels can pay off within four or five years. Has the uh, – we talked about the panels. What's the – is it called the inverter or something? Has that industry changed enough, too, to turn that uh, – well, well the, the, pan- the photons changing and electrons moving around, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, let's not turn it into Mr. Science Hour because I no. know nothing about it. No,
1: no. So the panels we we choose to use all have their own little microinverters behind each panel, so you can plug and play as many as you want. Really? So maybe a homeowner says, you know what? I have a, I have a smaller budget. I want to start with maybe a, a three kilowatts type of system, and then you can expand that later on and add five, six, seven, ten, fifteen 10, 15 panels down there and you plug and play. So I think that gives the best options for homeowners. Um, you know, and the, and the other thing that we're doing now is we're expanding uh, on solar thermal as well, where there's, the, you know, the hot water is being generated through a new technology. And you've heard of, you know, solar thermal has been around a long time. There's been issues with solar thermal in the past, where if on really hot days, these tubes that, that hold all the hot water they burst because it gets too hot. Or on really cold days, they get they cold and they shut down. And so there's new technologies now that we're putting on our apartment building and on our new home construction that generates all the hot water for the home through the sun as well.
2: And I I just wanted to mention, too, you know, Anthony's talking about using this technology now on apartment buildings, and we've been talking about homes and, you know, this specific home, the pioneering home was a home that was um, built for purchase, but I think it's really important to note, um, Built Green certifies apartment buildings um, and rental units, and it's actually beneficial in that way, too. Of course, as a renter, you know, if if your um, utility bills are lower, either that's going to be passed on to you or if you directly pay them, that's going to be helpful. But also for the developer or the owner of the apartment building, imagine, you know, you have people living in this building and if they're not directly seeing their bill, they might not be paying that much attention to how much energy they're wasting. So, of course, the more efficient building you have, the better. So I think really energy efficiency is a win-win for everybody all around, whether you're a renter or you're a home dweller or you own a property. I, I think it's the right thing to do from um, a financial perspective, a human health perspective, and an environmental perspective.
0: Um, I, I guess I want to talk, too, before we run out of time about the um, the air quality. We were talking about the air quality in the home, but the the leaching of the materials used, right? So you're using a little more sourced uh, materials that are more organic or, or natural, and don't have, I don't know, as many toxins in mm-hmm. the first place. Is that right? What are the advances in materials you're using or, or not? Or maybe the artificial ones you're not using anymore that are the changes in
1: that? Glues Asbestos. and laminates or something? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Well, you know that new car smell that people love? Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> oh. Those are usually toxins that are off gassing in carpets and in plastics and so forth that, that, people, that people breathe in, and it Eat. makes a lot of people sick. And new homes are, are really known for that. You bring in all these materials that get unwrapped, they get, that get manufactured certain ways, and they off gas, and they off gas over periods of time. And a lot of people get sick. And so one of the one of the the, the, the found the foundations of the built green uh, certification process is you you can't have those type of materials brought into your house. And there are all kinds of great options, so you don't need to bring things with added formaldehyde and VOCs and all these things that you will end up breathing and make you, it can make you sick. They just don't smell good either. They just don't. <laughs> so so the, we eliminate the them completely. These are things that end
0: up in a that if we look at a super fun cleanup site, those kind of chemicals are in that. <laughs> but we bring those into our home and build our homes out of them. And you're saying we don't need to do that.
1: No, you don't. I, yeah. would, I would discourage it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look at a lot of finishes and glues and paints, yep. historically, yeah, they've had these um, chemicals in them, but there's lots of great options. And for example, if you're painting and not using no VOC paint, there's no reason for that. Say that again no, slower. No VOC, which and, means volatile organic compound. Uh-huh. But it's one of those smells. If you If you walk by a place and they've been painting and you smell it. Yeah. That's not a good thing to be smelling. Um, that's, you know, VOCs off-gassing from the paint, but you can get paint that has no VOCs for pretty much the same price. That's the new norm. Yeah. So there's no reason
0: not to. Huh. Things are making more and more sense as we learn more and more about our mm-hmm. own world, isn't, aren't they?
1: It's the right way to build a house, and people ask me all the time, why do you do it? And I'm, and I, it's pretty simple. It's the right way to build, and every builder should build that way.
0: Because well, we, we are going to run out of time here. We've been talking with Anthony Mashmet from Dwell Development and Leah Misick from Built Green, a nonprofit program of the Master Builders Association of Kings Snohomish County. Anything we left out, say your addresses again for the online people can read more about this.
2: So um, you can visit Built Green's website at builtgreen.net. And I would also encourage people, if you are curious about green building, we have a conference coming up September 13th. And if you go to builtgreenconference.net, you can learn more about that as well.
1: Great. Yeah, and we're at dwelldevelopment.com, also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Just search Dwell Development and we'll pop up and we have all kinds of videos and stories and, you know, interesting articles about, you know, sustainable design and development.
0: Great. Um, what a great discussion. I hope we can have you guys back and, and talk about even further advances w- w- in building green and just helping ourselves live a better life on this world. Thank you guys so much for being here. We have been talking today with Leah Misick. She's the program manager at Built Green and Anthony Masham at the principal of dwell development. Anthony and Leah, thank you guys for coming in and sharing these great ideas. And a, a bigger thanks for the innovative ways you guys are turning our northwest neighborhoods from gray to green, let's say, all right? <laughs> you thank up. you. I am Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening today. We hope you learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.